Welcome to Podcasting Smarter, the podcast for podcasters by podcasters. Podcasting Smarter is the official podcast from Podbean, featuring podcasting interviews, best practices, and helpful tips. We're here to give you the tools, resources, product updates, and news to help you get started podcasting and keep your podcast growing. Hello and welcome to Podcasting Smarter. This is Norma Jean Belenke, Podbean's Head of Events. And today's episode is a replay of our live event, Stories of Pride, from Podbean's Storytelling Podcast Week, featuring Motsi Doppel of the Hainai Podcast, hosting an incredible panel including Nicholas McInerney of the Rainbow Dads Podcast, Anna Deshawn of The Cube, and Dr. S of the upcoming Behind Closed Doors Podcast. They'll get into LGBTQIA representation, showing up in the media, their stories of pride, inclusivity, BIPOC inclusiveness, and so much more. Stay tuned, and here we go. Welcome back, everyone, to Storytelling Podcast Week and our June Roundtable, Stories of Pride, with Nicholas McInerney of Rainbow Dads, Anna Deshawn of The Cube, and Dr. S of the upcoming Behind Closed Doors podcast. For those of you who may be joining us for the first time, Storytelling Podcast Week has live stream sessions like this one with top podcasters and storytellers from scripted fiction and nonfiction around the world and our imaginations. We also have exclusive recorded episodes on the Storytelling Podcast Week podcast. <laughs> Storytelling Podcast Week is brought to you by Podbean. We are a podcast host monetizing platform and home to over 600,000 podcasts. To start your podcast, head over to podbean.com today. And now we'll hand it off to our host of this live stream, Motsi Doppel of the High Night Podcast. Hello, Motsi. Hello and welcome. Hello. Thank you, Norma. And welcome to everybody. I hope you're all having a good day. Yes. <laughs> pretty all right. <laughs> hope it's pretty all right, at least. <laughs> um, and happy Pride. Oh, my gosh. Um, do you all have any plans for, <laughs> for the month or have had, have had like little um, events beforehand? I, I do. Um, I'm launching the, the second series of Rainbow Dads on Friday. I have a play, play reading, which is part of the uh, Pride Festival on, on the Sunday. And uh, in London, we have the main Pride March uh, the following weekend, uh, and I shall be marching on that. So, yes, got a few things. That's awesome. Lovely. Yeah. yeah. How about you, Dr. S and, um, and Anna? Sorry. Is it Anna or Anna? Anna. Anna. Okay. I just want to make sure because, you know, <laughs> and yeah. Um, I appreciate you asking. Absolutely. Yeah. And any plans or just like chilling this, <laughs> this, this week, this month? There is no chill in June. So oh. it is um, very true. It's go, 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 but in the best possible ways. So grateful for all the opportunities to speak on panels like this one. Um, to talk about the work that we're doing and the people we're amplifying and uplifting. So June has just been full of that. If I started naming things, I'd leave someone and I'd feel awful. But oh, that's, it's, fair. It's, that's totally it's fair. Been, it's been jam packed and just looking to spend more time with family and community during this time. Yeah, that's yeah. amazing. And Dr. S, how about you? Yeah, I feel the opposite. June has had to be chill for me um, because I teach and I teach on the quarter schedule. And so it's been ridiculous. And so I have taken some time in June after graduation to just kind of be with family and, and take it easy before things kind of kick back up. So no, no pride things for me. 
Um, I think I aged out of it a little while ago. <laughs> That's fair. But yeah, I, I'm so glad that you're able to like spend time with family anyway. And yeah, so I will start with the first question just because um, this is a fun one. Basically, just talk about your podcast. Like, what's your podcast about and anything you want to talk about? And sit, this is there's no like specific order. So whoever wants to go first, please let me know. Sure, I can jump in. Happy to do so. Mm -hmm. um, so and so my podcast is called Queer News. And so I report on three queer news stories every single day that are at the intersections of race and sexuality as it pertains to politics, culture, and entertainment. And this is, goodness knows how many podcasts or shows I've had over the years, but this one has been extra special and bringing me a lot of joy because I feel like the stories that we tell aren't stories that I hear that are being told often, and we have the opportunity not to move along in new cycles. We can continue to uplift things and stories that we want to continue to uplift. And so that's bringing me a lot of joy right now. Um, for example, it's like 123 days that Brittany Griner has been wrongfully detained, right? And so this is a story that we continue to amplify on our podcast until, um, until someone brings her home. So it's, it's bringing me a lot of joy. So Queer News is my podcast. That's amazing. Um, how about you, uh, Nicholas and Dr. S, who would like to go next? <laughs> uh, I'll jump in then. Um, so the newly uh, formed podcast that I'm co-hosting is called Behind Closed Doors. And I'm an academic. So right now it's Behind Closed Doors and there's a colon. We're still figuring out what, what will come after that colon but there will be something um, to follow. And right now um, we're focused on um, amplifying, um, reflecting and transforming lives through storytelling and specifically focused on um, black, um, queer and trans folks. And, and this season in particular, black, queer and trans, masculine, masculine of center, men um, specifically, and really telling stories of, related to religion and substance use and families. Um, we're really excited about this podcast and really excited for folks to hear it when it comes out. It'll be on the cube. <laughs> oh, wonderful. And how about you, Nicholas? Well, I came to podcasting through writing because I'm a writer and um, I uh, wrote a series um, for the BBC Radio 4 called How to Have a Perfect Marriage, which was about a married man who came out, comes out in midlife. And it was very biographical. Um, and of all of the things that I've written for the BBC, for, for the radio, it was by far the most, uh, made by far the most impact in that, obviously, there was an audience out there of, of gay men in marriage. Um, and it was fascinating. It started a bit of a debate about articles for the British press. And um, out of that came a friend and colleague who said, why don't we try and make a podcast? Um, and uh, so we started uh, looking for people who might appear on Rainbow Dads 1. And we were very lucky in that we managed to get quite a diverse mix. It was obviously very important to have uh, a, a range of people. And then when we put that out, um, again, it got a most fantastic response. Um, uh, I won. Uh, I was nominated for a national podcast award. I won a radio community award. Um, other uh, uh, charities in the UK around trans and um, uh, uh, LGBTQ plus um, 
issues got in touch with us. There was a sense in which we kind of shifted the debate a wee bit. Here's the thing. I don't know whether you know, but um, a very famous um, Olymp uh, Olympic uh, athlete called Dame Kelly Holmes, who's in her 50s, uh, came out over the weekend. This is a big story in the UK. A big story in the UK. And uh, I was rung up by a, a programme on the BBC called the Today Programme, which is our major news programme, and asked if I'd be interested to come in to talk about people coming out in later life. So I've been very lucky. I've become that person that people go to um, to ask for their opinions on, on this subject. Now, I'm, obviously, I'm not the only one, but it is interesting that with Rainbow Dads 2 coming out, I really feel there are a whole new range of stories to tell. And the Rainbow Dads as a, as a, uh, as a format is one that we want to take forward and, um, and possibly pass over to Rainbow Mums, for example, for the next series. So I'm hoping that it'll, it'll evolve into something else. Mm -hmm. That sounds wonderful. And yeah, um, we will be showing a clip of Rainbow Dads in just a moment. Um, just as a quick, even though I am the host, I also just want to quickly, um, I'm, I'm kind of an outlier in this one because my podcast is a horror podcast. <laughs> However, we do have a, um, we do have like a, a queer um, cast, like in um, terms of like characters, main characters. Um, we focus a lot on like um, BIPOC, which is Black, Indigenous, and POC uh, characters who are also mostly queer. So um, that's kind of why I'm very happy to chat with everybody here today. It's a wonderful, um, it's a wonderful like community that everyone's forming all across the world in all different like uh, contexts. But yeah, um, we will be showing a clip from Rainbow Dads and uh, just in a moment. And we will see. We were at a function which starts, at, it's a military function in a mess, which is sort of like a club for, for certain ranks. We're in the corporal's mess and we've been drinking since about six o'clock in the morning. It's about seven o'clock in the evening and rumours had been going around. Perhaps because maybe I was feeling a little freer. Maybe I was this wall of... And you'd be drinking for 12 hours. And I've been drinking for 12 <laughs> hours. But I mean, leading up to this day yes. as well had... And, and somebody actually came and asked me outright and said, yeah. you know, there's been some rumours going around, Smudge. Are you gay? And I thought... In my drunken state, I thought, well, if he's got the courage to actually ask me outright, why? what right have I got to deny my brothers the, the, the truth about me? And so I said, yes, I am. And he went, okay, that's cool. Went back and sat down. And I suddenly had this dawning. This is it. This, this is the next yeah. door has now been opened. You know, what is going to happen next? And I sat down at the bar. And I was yeah, feeling this really, sort of yeah. fight and flight. What's going to happen next? Is this going to revert back to what it was like at school? Am I going to be accepted? Is there going to be a mixture? I don't know. And I could see people talking around the room and glancing at me. This was this was the rumor mill was spreading. Well, you were now just news, finally come you? out. Yeah. And two of the biggest, most aggressive individuals in that mess then made a beeline for me. Yeah, yeah. And I remember gripping my pint glass a little bit tighter grabbing the stool underneath me, making yeah. sure my feet could touch the floor in case I needed to start swinging things. And they both walked over and they both stuck out their hands and shook my hands and said, if you've got the balls to come out as gay in the corporal's mess of the infantry, we are right behind you every step of the way. Gosh. And that was it.
Uh, that was awesome. <laughs> that was great. Um, yeah, so that was a clip from uh, Rainbow Dads. And I uh, would you like to say anything about it before? We well, a little bit of context. That was from my first interview, Alistair Smudge is his name, who, um, who had, had gone into the army. I mean, I don't know what the history of LGBTQ uh, representation in the American army is, but I do know in the UK that it was only relatively recently that the, the rules had been changed. And obviously, Alistair gone into the army, it was his life, but he and he got married, but he realised he was gay. So this was the, the moment when um, he actually first told some of his colleagues. And of course, their response was so much more generous and tolerant and understanding than he was expecting. Um, so it was a big moment for him, and as it is for, for anyone when they finally declare their truth um and uh it was um fascinating and he's now an advocate for lgbt um uh uh, uh personnel in the army he's he's made up part of his career so uh, what at one point seemed like a real um uh, immense thing for him to have to come to terms with has, has turned into this wonderful strength well, that's awesome. And yeah, yeah I, I bet like that definitely took a lot of courage. I agree with the two yeah. big men. In, I know, wasn't it brilliant, that description? That <laughs> mm -hmm. That's awesome. And yeah, so for the next question, um, again, this is for everybody, whoever wants to jump in first. Um, the question is, and I think um, we've kind of touched on it a little bit already, but uh, how has um, being queer, being part of the LGBTQ plus community um, influenced your work specifically? Like um, uh, anything you want to share about your experiences and how it has touched your work in um, a podcasting and in general? I'll, I'll jump in here. I think we're going to take turns going first, right? Mm. Um you know, so as a black, queer, and trans person, like that, those identities and, and many others are kind of central to everything that I do. So I've mentioned that I'm an academic. So all of my academic writing really looks at um, gender and sexuality and identity development and race. Um, and so I'm consistently trying to like queer things up or live in the gray. And I think related to this podcast, part of the reason that we wanted to do this is because as a trans person who had, you know, I transitioned, wow, I think it's been over seven years ago at this point, a lot of the stories that we sort of hear about trans people focus on those early transition moments and like body changes and hormones and surgeries and things. And as someone who's been married 14 years, like I said, transitioned over seven years ago, I wanted to talk about some other things related to queerness and transness um, that we deal with, you know, buying a house, starting a family, um, navigating religion and spirituality. And so, you know, got with a friend and as we started to talk about the things that we were interested in and the things that we were curious about, we figured other folks would want to hear these stories too, and other folks would um, sort of need to hear these stories. And so I think just being queer, being trans, like influenced the topics, it influenced the timing, influenced the people that we wanted to bring on. And it's, you know, just central to how I approach all of my work. Yeah, that's wonderful. Yeah. And if I can just piggyback and tag team with Dr. S right here, I mean, 
so much of what he said is true for me too. And, and my work has been queer since I started doing this work. And when I started the radio station, um, E3 Radio back in 2009, it was to tell the stories of black queer folks here in Chicago and around the country because our stories weren't being told. And I felt like I wasn't the only one who wanted to hear them, right? And so as that has been a passion project for over a decade and now transitioning that work into the cube, right? This curated hub of discovery of BIPOC and QTPOC podcasts and music. It's just at the heart of where I'm most passionate. And so my identities and living at the intersections makes up who I am, right? Gives me all these superpowers and also this social location and perspective that many people don't hold. And so if we cannot speak, you know, um, for ourselves, who will speak for us? And I think storytelling and oral histories is how we've survived this long. It's how people see our humanity. And so podcasting gives us the opportunity to do that. And so I'm just ecstatic that Behind Closed Doors is going to be exclusively on the cube. I'm ecstatic that they're my friends. And I know these amazing humans in the world doing good work. And I think it's amazing that we have the opportunity that technology and communications have come together where we don't have to lean in or wait on mainstream folks to do or to tell our stories or to represent us, that we have the power to represent ourselves. And, and today we can do that. And so I'm just grateful to be fired up about doing that work because it's not easy to be so vulnerable all the time. And storytelling is, a, is vulnerable. So I'm, I'm grateful for that, but it has everything to do with my work. Hmm. That's amazing. That's, that's fascinating because, of course, I can see from your lovely faces that you're fresh faced and a little bit younger than me. And I can't. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I'm 60. So I, I, you know, my experience of being a sex, being sexually confused young youngster at a, a boarding school in the UK uh, meant that I came from a generation for whom all of these issues that you talk about so beautifully and freely were just so much more problematic so much more problematic so when you asked me how has being a queer creator influenced my work up to the age of 45 I was probably repressing it a great deal um, you know I got married I've got two wonderful daughters I don't regret any of that for a moment but certainly in terms of my work I wanted to be a writer and yet I wasn't doing what Anna has just talked about, you know, telling my story. I was being very professional and being very good, and I wrote for a lot for television and stage and whatever, but I wasn't writing about what was really coming from inside here. And so it wasn't until I came out and I had, I literally swapped one kind of life for another, which is quite a scary thing to do when you're middle-aged. <laughs> you know, the divorce and my children's response and and all of that. But subsequent to that, I think I've kind of graduated. I've kind of gone from kind of, you know, baby steps to PhD in queerness <laughs> at a short space of time. <laughs> Thank you. You know, and 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 in all of the intersectional issues that you've talked about, you know, become a lot more as indeed has I think many people have over the last, you know, five, ten years become very invested and interested in that and what I can learn as well. So, you know, the podcast, I mean, even when I, you know, I, I adapted a, a novella by a very famous French writer called Colette for Radio, and that was about um, a, a middle-aged woman, a bisexual middle-aged woman in France, you know, um, and, and so the subjects I'm kind of drawn towards are all about exploring that 
what Dr. S called the grey, the wonderful grey, you know, that kind of that kind of complicated world of 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 yeah of of kind of human sexuality and human sexual response. And it's been wonderfully for me, it's been an extraordinary liberation, you know, extraordinary liberation. And um, you know, I'm 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 very, very you know, it, it was very scary to come out of 45. Well, it's scary at any time for anybody. I appreciate that. But, you know, you, you, you can't, and also when you come out of it, you kind of think this is going to solve everything, don't you? You think, I am <laughs> going to say who I am. Look at it. And it's going to be all right from now. But actually, we're just the same people, aren't we? With the same problems and issues and whatever. It's just that we, it's just that we declare our truth and we do it every day. And we want to support other people. And that's the other thing. You want to support other people in doing that. Mm-hmm. So, it's um, that has uh, that has has, and I, and I'm writing. A, I'm you know I'm finding it a fascinating subject to write about. I hope to find subjects in the future that will also explore that that kind of that kind of intersection. Mm-hmm. These are all I, I love everyone's answers because kind of they they touch on a lot of like things that um, we don't really consider. Um, when it comes to the community and when it comes to like representation and everything, um, Dr. S mentioned just the mund- like the mundane parts of like, you know, living your truth, but also just being like buying a house and like just yeah. all the base, like, you know, all the stuff like how does this feel and what's the slight differences and what's like the same yes. for like people who aren't like in the community. It's a nice look into the life and I kind of want to relate to that because um in our podcast as I mentioned before it was it is a horror podcast um I enjoy genre fiction and I think my um niche in terms of storytelling is that I love just any kind of stories I just make sure that there's always either um a bunch of um, (laughs) queer characters or all of them are and we kind of just and we see where that goes in terms of storytelling like I enjoy genre fiction wherein most if not all the characters are part of the queer community and that's kind of like it's it's a little bit different from you know talking about like your own life and like your own experiences but I think in that way as well it's like uh it shows that we all have basically different areas of not expertise but like things that we love and kind of like we 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 show a little bit of who we are in the things that we love and I think it's wonderful because, like, as you mentioned, Nicholas, um, you have got this um, access to a lot of, like, very mainstream, um, you know, like, uh, resources and yeah. places to, like, tell the story. And um, Anna and Dr. S, you have, like, made your own, like, um, place in which you can tell these stories. And, like, all around, like, it's, this is a very, like, well-rounded um, group that shows just how much like where everyone wants to share their story and i think that's amazing um yeah can i just yeah. can i just uh, emphasize anna made a point about storytelling i wrote it down here i teach creative writing it's all about telling stories um and pod uh, the podcasting has allowed for a democratization of storytelling and that's the and, it, and you're absolutely it's taken it away from the from the gatekeepers the traditional gatekeepers and it's allowed people to tell their own stories the challenge of course is once we've told our stories is allowing other people access to those stories finding our audience your audience is out there but sometimes it's difficult to access them that is the challenge but what is wonderful is that those stories are being told now and i think this is probably the first time in the kind of media history that this is that has actually happened 
And can I can we just keep going with this conversation? Because I think well, absolutely. This, this, I think this is at the heart of why um Podbean wanted to have this conversation in Pride Month, because mm-hmm. that accessibility was just not possible. Mm-hmm. Right? It was just not possible. And today it is. And so it's really also at the heart of why I wanted to start the queue. Because when I look right at Apple and Spotify with hosting 3 million podcasts and I go into these applications and I don't see myself represented or I don't see the podcast that I listen to represented on the homepage or discovery, right? I'm wondering where we are, right? Because today representation still matters. Even though we have the access, representation still matters. And the discovery of podcasts is still very much so a challenge. And so this idea that we can create a hub where people can find and discover some of these amazing podcasts by Black, Indigenous people of color, while also centering queer, trans people of color content, I think is long overdue. And I'm just grateful to be a steward of this and to see what we can make of this, because to Nicholas's point, <laughs> um, there are so many stories to tell, right? He, he's teaching creative writing. Dr. S knows um, with his students, like there's a hunger, right? I mean, the generations today that are after ours, they're used to telling stories. Like social media is about a story. <laughs> and, and, now, and now it's just like, how can we hone those skills that they've learned so organically mm-hmm. into the beginning, middle and end of a story yeah. into having some really great equipment <laughs> and hit and publish, yeah. right? And sharing that with a lot of people and sharing that with their audience. I mean, I think, gosh, I mean, it's right at our fingertips if we can just hone in on it. Mm-hmm. And I just want to add on that the wonderful thing about all this is that when you build a community, that's when other people who feel like they don't have quite as much access, like they, even though, you know, they can put it online and they can do it themselves. um, Some people are still very um, intimidated by just the size, like, you know, there's so many um, podcasts, they feel as though their story uh, won't matter, like, even though it will, and they feel as though, like, uh, nobody wants to hear it, even though someone will always want to hear it. So the fact that you have the cube, and you, you have, like, hubs in which, like, somebody might see, oh, people might actually want to hear my story, let me come, let me go to these people who have already established themselves a little more. I think that's so important, like, having a community, like, online, which I think is amazing. And yeah, um, I do. I'll I'll go on to just the next question, but it's kind of we already kind of touched on it. So I think this is just for you know um, uh, catching up with anything else you want to add on this. And the question basically comes down to um, we all like we as um, you know queer and BIPOC and you know um, creators have different live experiences that aren't always centered. And um, what stories or themes are you excited about sharing that wasn't like previously showcased that aren't properly represented in your eyes? Like what other um, types of stories, what other um, parts of you that you want to see more represented more in mainstream and just in general? Mm. Um, So anyone, uh, does anyone want to like, um, well, I mean, I could, I I try not to take up too much space, but um, (laughs) please do. Everyone, everyone's welcome. um, One thing we're doing at the cube is what we're calling cube originals. And, and those podcasts are really at the heart of the stories that I think are missing from, from the canon of podcasts today. So 
including behind closed doors, which for their first season is centered on male identified and masculine center identified stories, which I think is incredibly important. I don't think there's enough stories uh, or enough podcasts that focus on uh, men and their experiences and their lived experiences. But there's another podcast that we're creating called Second Sunday that is centering the experiences of Black queer folks in the church mm-hmm. uh, and specifically the church here in the U.S. Child, people just are not ready for this conversation around, uh, and Nicholas, I think you said it, liberation, right? What it means to be liberated from an oppressive system, right? And and religion in so many ways has harmed queer folks across the board. And so what does it mean to still associate yourself or maybe not associate yourself with a system that you grew up in, that you feel this great connection to, that you still in some ways revere, but also has caused you so much incredible harm. And so they're having, they're talking to some of the most notable black LGBTQ theologians, lay people, writers um, on queer issues and religion around the country. And I just can't wait for folks to hear these stories because it's beautiful and you can feel it. Um, and that's a story that we don't talk about enough. Mm-hmm. I agree for sure. And yeah, um, I come from the Philippines, which is a Catholic, which is a um, yeah. majority Catholic country. So I totally understand. Um, I know a lot of people who are very much still Catholic, very religious, but are also part of the queer community and how that like pertains to how they have to, how they have to act, but also how they choose to act. And it's a very interesting balance and it's beautiful in a lot of ways. Like I still go, I, I still like to go to church just for the music. <laughs> you know, and oh I my love God, everyone, everyone wants to get a church at Christmas to sing some carols, don't they? Yeah, exactly. I mean, like, we're, I, all, especially we're all cultural. I mean, I consider myself a cultural Christian. You know, I, at my boarding school, I was at church three times a week and I kind of mm-hmm. admire people who have a faith sometimes, but I think Anna's absolutely right. It's a, such a complex, deeply kind of difficult relationship. Um, uh, and in the black community, I think it must be absolutely fascinating to, uh, mm. that's, a, that's a podcast I would certainly want to listen to because I do think, because it, it, interestingly, you know, I've just written a play which is about, set very, it's set within the kink community, uh, partly within the kink community, and it's somebody dying and his relationship with his black middle-aged nurse, because I think there's a really interesting area between gay men and black women. It's not unproblematic, but I do think it's fascinating. What is that connection? So that's something I would certainly be interested to explore more. Interesting, I've just produced a podcast for Podbean um, because I think masculinity, somebody mentioned masculinity. Yes, Anna, again. And of course, you're absolutely right. There needs to be more uh, podcasts by um, about masculinity. And my friend, I have a very good friend, who's written an erotic memoir, which is about... Um, him um, uh, becoming part of the awful phrase thruple, yes, <laughs> triad word, thruple. What do you call it? Yeah. What do you call it? I mean, I don't know. And um, he's a he's a he's not hetero. He's not. He's certainly not a. Um, he's a hetero, he's heteronormative. I don't. It's some of these phraseology I find difficult. But he sent it to publishers. Now publishers think that it's brilliant, but they don't think in the current climate that they can publish a book by a cis man about an erotic memoir. This is very ironic because actually, we actually need more men from that background writing about sex and feelings. We actually need more people coming forward with these stories so that the vulnerability that 
um, Anna has talked about, which is at the heart of this, uh, can um, connect with an audience. And uh, it's very interesting. So he's, he's got a podcast coming out on Podbean called, called Podbean, excuse me, on Podbean called <laughs> Can We Write About This, which I produced. Um, and um, he spoke to some really great uh, writers, a writer called Monique Roffey, who's just won a big prize in the UK. And a woman called Lucy Halliday has written about erotic memoirs. It's a fascinating area, really fascinating. So those are the kind, and also as speaking as an older person, obviously I'm interested in that as well. You know that that notion of 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 of, of uh, elders of the community respect. You know, the, you know, you get to a point in your life you think I've got any useful wisdom to pass on to younger people. <laughs> Now's the time to to um, to share it. Um, and uh, I would like to explore that more because I do think there's enormous reservoirs of wisdom uh, and in queer history, you know, we've got pride coming up and this huge controversy over the corporatization of pride in the UK. I don't, I'm sure you have the, some of the same debates. Um, and uh, it's, um, it's a very, it's a very, you know, it's an issue which seems to get generate more heat and light every year, but it's certainly the, the notion of the elders I'd be really interested to. Yeah, I feel like you all have sort of pulled on the things that I would say too. So this el this point about elders, um, you know, we we had pre conversations with folks that we're going to interview, and and one of our folks is an elder, and just like hearing their stories, we're like, we want next season maybe it's all about elders, right? Yes. Black queer elders in the community because some of those stories are getting lost because we're not writing them down, right? And to Anna's point earlier around oral histories, I think that is a way that we preserve some of the, the legacies and, and the histories. And so definitely want to tap into the elders. I also am, am thinking about Polly, right? So again, one of our guests is someone who identifies as Polly and talking about different kinds of relationship structures that are not only negative, I think, we often hear these stories about thruples or yeah. poly relationships, um, and it's it it gets fetishized, um, it, it, and it's presented in a in a, a way that doesn't really attend to like the the nuances and like the the love that is can be captured there. And so, wanting to to hear more of of those stories, and then I think you know the last thing I'll say is this point about moving through. So when Anna was talking about folks' relationships to like the church and to religion, sometimes when we hear those stories, it stops at the point of disconnection, right? It's like, mm -hmm. it's, it's as if that's the end of the story. Or when we have coming out stories, it's as if the coming out is the end of the story. And actually that is really yeah. just the beginning. And so I want more of these like through, like what happens after the coming out? What happens after the disruption or the disconnection that is healing that is uplifting. I want those stories that are about, you know, um, families reconnecting or staying connected, yeah. right? I want those stories about, you know, finding your way in your church community. So I, I think those are a lot of the stories that we're trying to tell and the stories that I'm seeking in my own, you know, podcast um, search, I guess. Uh, amen to that. 
Yeah. And yeah, um, it's definitely important because I think a lot of Hollywood and just in general has um, made us think that happy endings are all that matters when honestly, like past the happy ending, there's going to be a lot going on, not all good, but the continuing of life, I think, is a wonderful um, topic to cover in a lot of storytelling these days. And kind of jumping off of that, um, the next question actually uh, is very, I think, important to those listening because it is about like other creators and it is about your experience. So what are some of the best practices or advice um, for other creators to empower them or to center themselves in their storytelling? Because a lot of people are afraid to do that, are afraid to like center their own experiences and their own stories. So what's some advice you can give to make them more proud, more you know, um, confident that their story matters um, as creators? I'll jump in because I, I I'll say a couple things. I'm sure Anna and Nicholas will have some great things to say. But I'm thinking about this book that I once read: "Feel the fear and do it anyway." Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think like that is the biggest piece of advice: is that there will be fear. Um, there may not even be confidence, right? Like I write pretty often, and <laughs> rarely am I confident in in the beginning, at least. Um, it takes a few shitty drafts. I don't know if I can say that. A few bad drafts um, before I get to a point where I feel more confident, where I feel like, okay, like this, this, this needs to get out. So I think recognizing and, and knowing that those are that's part of the process um, and doing it anyway. I think surrounding yourself with community and folks who will be cheerleaders and like push you on and and read the drafts and listen to the stories and just help you get at the the heart of what you're trying to say is, is super important. Um, And, and also, I guess the last thing I'll say is like that this is also healing. So even if you never put your story out into the public, but you just get it out onto paper or record it, there's healing in that. Um, for you as the creator. Um, and, and then if you decide to put it out in, into the world, there's also healing that other folks can access. So mm-hmm. just really thinking about the healing power of stories. Can I pick up on something that Dr. S said? I had a fantastic quote by Goethe that I used to keep above my in, above my computer. I don't know why I'm going to quote it right, but he wrote something like, boldness has magic in it. Start it, start it now. Yes, and there's something about the act which actually starts to give you, you act and then the confidence comes. That's a, less, that's a life lesson, isn't it, really? That's so true. Another thing I think is really important, I mean, and I'm talking about the kind of work that I do with my interviews, learn the difference between listening and hearing. We often hear, but do we listen? Because if you listen when you're interviewing somebody, they're going to say something extraordinary or something that they don't even realize is like a little door into a world, yeah? And then you can pick up on that. The other thing I would say, a best practice, is make your pod, try and make your podcast as prof- sound as professional as you can. Because these things may appear superficial, but actually, every, podcast is like every, telling every story, is a form of seduction. You're tr- if an audience feels comfortable, they give themselves permission to want to listen. So music, I think music's important. A decent microphone, they're not expensive. Yes, uh, the practice with the interviews, like Dr. S suggested, getting people to 
critique what you say and say to them, don't just be my best buddy and say everything's bloody marvellous. Tell me if it's shit. Sorry, I swore as well. But you know what I mean? Tell me, because this honesty is going to help. So those are so it's a kind of weird mixture, isn't it? It's 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 interviewing skills. It's profession. It's a professional because you, uh, these stories deserve to sound as good as any other stories. That's the other thing. Uh, but I think the Goethe thing is fantastic. I tell my students in my writing, I say, there's only really one lesson of writing. It's don't get it right, get it written. Hmm. Because uh, as soon as you do that, as soon as you've done it once, you can do it again. And yeah. that's how you get better. You write through to the good stuff. Again, Dr. S talked about that. It's really important. Don't get it right, get it written. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's exactly, that's awesome, yeah. I love both of those. I mean, <laughs> I feel everything y'all were saying. I When people come to me and they talk about wanting to start a podcast, actually the shirt I have on, you can't see the whole thing. It says, change the world, start a podcast. It's um, to be committed, be consistent, be creative and be courageous. Right. Like if you can do those four things all at the same time, right, you start to build this muscle. It's just like anything else. Like if you're trying to get all buff in the gym, you got to go back like every day. (laughs) And sometimes you fall off and then you get back on, you know, you you know what I'm saying? (laughs) But if you go consistently, eventually you start to see a little muscle. Right. And it's the same thing with any of these processes. Like you have Mm. to be committed to it. And you have to be courageous in all of it. Like the humanity is really seen in the vulnerable moments. And so don't be afraid to go there. Just do it. Just literally go, go there. And I love it. You can't just get it done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, I, I always tell people like, um, when they ask me like, how, how did you like get to this point? I'm like, I just did it, you know, <laughs> like I just started, but I think uh, to your point, Anna, it's like, um, the other important thing is like, I always forget the second part, which is I continued it, <laughs> you know, like starting it is the first big step and it's a, it's an amazing step. And even if, you know, for some people, there are reasons they can't continue things and that's fine. You did it. That's a big thing. But continuing something is also another big step. And those those are the two big steps to kind of get to success, whether it's really the first time you do it, everyone likes it, or the fifth time you do it, that's when everyone likes it. But you have to do it before it gets done. So yeah, like that's amazing. Like uh, all of you kind of like put together the entire... <laughs> That's it's, the whole, that's it. That's, a, that's everything. It's, it's the second difficult album syndrome. Everybody can write one album, mm-hmm. <laughs> but the real, the real test is the second album, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. You know, do you still have things to say? So that's, that's, that's when you've, you, you know, you've got to put your foot down to the accelerator and really, you know, focus. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and can I add this piece too, that, it doesn't have to be, I think also another beautiful part about podcasts, it doesn't have to be season after season after season. Yeah. So I know people who have 10 seasons of a podcast. I think they are amazing. Okay. But I think you can have one season. Oh. You can have six to eight episodes and get it all out. And guess what? You can milk those eight episodes <laughs> for the next two, three years if you want. Right. No. If it's, if it's something, if it, if the content is evergreen, and it will never get old, right? Um, and oftentimes storytelling is just like that. 
um, Dr. S or Nicholas or Masi's story will be the same today as it will be three years from now, right? It will still have the same impact. As a matter of fact, I'm almost certain this broadcast will still be very relevant <laughs> far past, you know, our live day, you know? And so if you have something to say, don't be overwhelmed with this idea uh, that you have to do it every day, do it every week, do it every month for eternity. Absolutely not. Do it for a season and see if you want to do it for another season. But just, but you can start. You can start and you can be great at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Can I add something too? I yes. love that, right? It's that one day at a time, one foot in front of the other. I think for me, the other thing is your why. So why are you doing this? Um, <laughs> you know, I, I'm Dr. S because I have a PhD. And part of why I got to have a PhD is because I had to remember that why every time it was time to sit down to write that dissertation, every time it was time to write a paper, like I was like, okay, I'm doing this because I want to have an impact. I want to be an educator, right? Like all these reasons. So in your podcast, like, why do you want to do this and write it down and put it somewhere that you can see it and refer to it when it gets hard, when you don't want to do it, when, you know, you're tired, um, because that also helps to keep you going. Right. So get started, keep going and, you know, look for that inspiration in, in your why. Yep. I totally agree. And I do want to like, um, since we're kind of like, we, we I, I don't think I'll get through everything, but I do want to like build on this part of the, um, the question, the, the discussion. And I think we should kind of go into like, what do you think are the biggest challenges? I guess not just like for podcasters and for um, people in the queer community and kind of like put those together. Like, what do you, um, what do you think um, are the biggest challenges you might face and how have you been able to face them in your own experience? Um, So like kind of an advice portion, but also like just for people to know they're not alone you know? So, uh, yeah, if you would like to jump in, please do. We're all so nice. We're like, you go. I know. Um, I'm, 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 go. Having a, I'm having a, a, a strange, uncharacteristically thoughtful moment when I was trying to think <laughs> about challenges. I feel as a middle-aged white man in the UK, I've probably had fewer challenges than some of you <laughs> other guys have had, if I'm absolutely honest. But... Mm. Ageism is an interesting thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's almost an acceptable prejudice. Yes. So, um, and, you know, I, 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 the play that I've just written is about a gay man in dying of cancer in sort of late 60s who is a long-term HIV patient. You've never seen mm-hmm. that on the stage. I'm just, I'm diverting a little bit here, but I just, it's just a point I want to make about how even within the queer community, as you've, all quite rightly pointed out there are so many so many stories that we are simply uh, not being uh, shown it is getting better in the uk it is getting better and i mean you know uh, i think in many respects we follow the us actually because i feel that your representation is far better but there was a big show on um shonda rhyme show called bridgerton mm-hmm. on netflix yes. yeah and um you know the whole colorblind casting in the in the theater has been been part of theater culture for a while now but to see that in a a kind of a jane austen type story still has still in 2022 has the capacity to make you sit up and think oh my goodness this is quite a little moment isn't it interesting mm-hmm. so um so so that's you know it's there's still huge huge steps to take 
Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm not sure whether really answered so, the question. I was just trying to, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think for me, challenges are opportunities, right? And there's a lot of them because life is living all the time, right? <laughs> and so we're we're building this platform called The Cube, but I do have this podcast, right, called Queer News, which I spoke on earlier. And it is a challenge for me to to report on things that are balanced, to show that, yes, there are absolutely some awful things happening today in the wow. legislatures across our country when it comes to trans rights, um, when it comes to those who are the most powerful yeah. Right. Harming those who are the most vulnerable and, and hearing oftentimes silence from the community in communities in which I am a part of. Right. So it is incredibly important to me for me to report on those stories, but it's also important for me to report on the joy. Yeah. Right? And so yeah. it's, it's important to report on the things that are also good. And I yeah. leave people with a word of the day. And it's got a word it was a podcast I had a while back. I leave people with a word because I need it. <laughs> I need the inspiration after some of these stories that I report on. And so I think one of the challenges will be is you finding as a new creator, finding your voice and finding how you want to tell stories. And, you know, when I started Queer News, because of my journalism background, I thought I should come on this podcast, report the stories and walk away. Every day, just report the three stories. I couldn't, (laughs) I could not do it. I had opinions about every single story. And I was like, you have to throw it out the window, throw out the window, any notions you have, any learned ideas you had around what it was supposed to be and really do what your gut is telling you to do. I overcome the challenges, look at them as opportunities for how and where and when I can show up and just be your most authentic self. Because otherwise I would have had a news show that sounded like every other news show, whether it's on television or on a podcast. So, you know, I think for me, it's about finding balance. It is about providing people something a little bit different. And I think that the most wonderful part about podcasts is that everybody is unique in their own way. So don't think that you're doing something that someone else has already done because you are you. Only mm-hmm. you can do what you're going to do, right? And just always exactly. remember that. Mm-hmm. That's exactly yeah. right. Yeah, I think mine is like part logistical, part something else, but it's about time. Um, you know, it never feels like you have enough time to ask all the questions, to get the whole story out, right? Um, and so I think, first of all, recognizing like if you have a finite amount of time, you're going to get what you get in that time um, and that will be enough. And the goal is not to do it all, get it all back to what Anna was sharing about like doing 10, 12 seasons of a podcast. It's not about all, it's about enough. It's about sparking something and you know finding other ways to pull on that thread or continue those conversations, even if it's not in that podcast space. So I think one thing about time is like, it, it never feels like there's enough time to get all the things that you want and that's okay. The other thing about time is like scheduling. <laughs> I think, again, that's like a logistical thing, but like, that's real. That's one of the challenges of like trying to get, you know, align schedules and get folks on the show and figure out, yeah. you know, when they, when someone is at their like peak time and if you're in different time zones. I think just time in general, um, I've been really interested in and connected to like this idea of time travel and, you know, Afrofuturism. So I'm like, I'm messing with time all the time anyway, um, but it does have its challenges in this kind of space. 
I'm, awesome. I'm constantly uh, amazed and impressed by people like Anna who put out, is it three stories a week? I mean, that sounds I mean, to a, me a, like, a, you a know, day. I'd rather, I'd, are day. you kidding me? I'd rather go and have root canal work without an anesthetic. <laughs> This, I mean, you know, part of me is like, um, but it, it seems to be putting a lot of pressure on yourself. But one of the ways you also talked about how you've editorialized, you come with your opinions. Surely this is the joy of podcasting. You don't have to respect broadcasters' notions of impartiality. If you've got a view about something, you damn well let the audience, let them have it, you know? Um, and I think that is 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 very powerful. But I'm just, I'm unbelievable. Three stories a day. Oh, my God. That's extraordinary. <laughs> Don't worry, Nicholas. I feel the same way often. Okay. And, and, and I also, oh I goodness. have to give myself grace when I, when I don't get it right. So this past, um, this week, this month, right. It's just a busy month. Pride is just busy. Right. And so I'm grateful that people give me grace. <laughs> so it's all, and, and given that it's the summer too. Right. So, uh, yeah. when we talk about, Juneteenth, and we talk about Father's Day, and what does it mean yeah. to take rest, right? Yeah. Uh, and rest for my team. I don't do this alone, and I don't think yeah. any of us do this alone, right? Mm -hmm. There is support yeah. systems. There are people who believe in what we do. We continue to show up because people keep listening. <laughs> um, also, right, we get it out of our systems, but then people are, we're adding value into the world of podcasting and and into this beautiful canon that is queer content. And, and I think that's what keeps us all going because we are making an impact and being intentional about that. Yeah. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. I, I completely agree. And I also um, just want to touch on like, um, I think everyone has, um, everyone will run into challenges and I think the challenges will be unique or sometimes they'll be exactly the same as everyone else, which is that sometimes the audio will be bad. Sometimes you'll run into a scheduling conflict. Sometimes, you know, you'll do an entire episode, then it's like gone and you're like, hmm. <laughs> um, but as somebody who has had to deal with a lot of anxiety for a long time, um, and, uh, a lot of like hardships that I think are very unique to just, um, <laughs> being Filipino and just being like, uh, uh, different things. I think you have to be ready for like things to go wrong, but you shouldn't, you know, think that things are going to go wrong. It's kind of like, it's a weird balancing act where, um, you have, whenever something bad happens, you kind of just understand that it was bound to happen at some point but not everything is going to turn out bad you know and some of the good things are going to be so good like and so it's it's like an interesting like nuance of like there's always going to be challenges whether it's uh, pushback whether it's uh, logistical whether it's technical um but when you are ready to kind of just like put yourself out there and you're ready to like move forward is this very this is so generic but i do think that it's like important to hear that uh if you have a setback that's just part of it and i think you have to be ready for, you have to be like prepared for it but not think that's the entire thing because as you said anna like you, when you report on these on news you report on both the joy and the you know the misfortune because that's part of being just in the community, being a person, <laughs> I think. And I think a lot of people aren't, you know, set up to know how to handle failure. And sometimes there are failures, but like, that's not the end of everything. As you, as we said before, like, there's still stuff after the failure. There's still stuff after the ending. So that's just going to keep happening. And sometimes the big, the good stuff is going to be like 10 times better 
then what do you think is a big failure? But yeah, I just wanted to uh, mention that. And also just kind of on, since we're on our like last 10 minutes, I do want to like get into the fun part, which is what are some podcasts and or shows, anything that you and creators that you're very excited about coming up? Um, just talk about, just gush about your, you know, people you're excited about. Um, this is, this is the moment. Go ahead. Goodness, I could gush all day. Wait. Uh, so there's some amazing creators that I listen to. Um, Afroqueer is a wonderful podcast. People should get into talking about queer folks in the African um, um, continent. And Selly is the host who's absolutely brilliant. Um, then there, I'm also, I love DJ Treacy Trees. She has a daily podcast called What's the Pod, where she's doing podcast recommendations, always highlighting different genres that you can get into, really helping with discoverability. Um, there's also another one called Q Points, hosted by Jay Ray, who is a Black gay man and doing all things music. And that was actually a video podcast. And so he's always highlighting artists and, that, and he tells so many stories. I was like, I didn't know half the stuff about him that I know now. So um, all of those are really, really good. And then I'll also say the Cube original content that we've got coming out, and it's just going to be brilliant. I really think it is. I'm really proud of where we're, what we're doing. So we talked about Second Sunday. You all heard about Behind Closed Doors. We are doing a podcast um, called Polyam Chats around non-monogamous relationships, um, centering a Black queer triad, which I'm really excited about as well. And um, we're going to have a podcast for podcasters. And I'm just, I'm overwhelmed with all the goodness that I think is out here in the world. And my hope is that folks can really begin uh, to discover it, right? Mm -hmm. I knew you'd have the good stuff, Anna. I was like, oh, I know. I just know. <laughs> oh my goodness. Anyone else? Would you like to chat about like who you it's, are? It's fascinating because I, I, hearing Anna talk about this, it's like, um, it's like a port, it's like an amazing Wikipedia of kind of, 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 of links and things. Um, uh, I just, I suppose I would just come, like to come back and plug my friend's Tony's podcast, which I worked on earlier this year. Can we write about this? I think it's a really interesting area at the moment to explore. Uh, erotic writing, erotic memoirs, what does that mean? And, and who, gets to, who gets to write what stories? Really, really fascinating stuff. So th that's something I would certainly want to plug. I've tried to prepare for this, but I go in and out of podcasts. You know, I, I love yeah. them listening and then I don't listen for a while, but I listened to a great one about Ziggy Stardust the other day, but that was from the BBC, <laughs> but, it, <laughs> but it's, it's a bit of cultural history. It's fascinating because Barry was one of the first artists to come out to say he was bisexual. And the moment on BBC television, on Top of the Pops, so this is a UK cultural moment, when he sings, when he does Ziggy Stardust on Top of the Pops, and he put his arm around Mick Ronson, it's like a key moment in queer history in the UK. It was like the first time that a major artist had done something like that. And I think there's a really... Boy George talks about that being a moment, literally, that changed his life. And I think there might be a really interesting podcast in picking out those little cultural moments mm. yeah mm. it'd be really fascinating to do something that will be one of them mm -hmm. but um yes because ziggy stardust has got 50 years old that really ages me <laughs> anyway sorry i just didn't mean to interrupt but that's no no yeah. worries yeah yeah so i i guess you know the one pack podcast that i would plug 
I'm retweeting all the ones that Anna has has referenced. Yes, exactly. um, is a podcast called Emergent Strategy. Um, Adrian Marie Brown, um, queer um, black person who, you know, they bring on different guests and 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 you know this whole emergent strategy is all about like small is all and inter interdependence and I think that those kinds of topics um, really relate to being queer and how we've been able to survive and thrive in the world. Um, and so I'm, I'm really into that podcast right now. But like I said, I'm kind of in and out, so I don't have other recommendations. That's totally fair. Just one, I mean, can I just say one yes. thing? In Amer I'm married to America. My husband is from Brooklyn and Miami, yeah. and we often go to Fort Lauderdale. I'm very struck by how the, the ability with which you do create communities yes mm -hmm. i mean maybe it's something to it's something to do with the huge uh, 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 size of america and the kind of political divisions or whatever but when i hear anna and when i hear dr hess talk about their kind of communities it feels like you're more plugged in to these kind of local issues and concerns mm. it's very powerful in the uk because london is so monolithic. London, Manchester perhaps has a huge, and Brighton has a huge gay community, queer community. It's much lesser. There is a community, but it's 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 not something that people can access as easily, or even perhaps feel as welcome, because there's this again another distinction I'm aware of in America. I, it's it means it's much friendlier that the queer community out there than in the UK. Very interesting, and and um, what you would, and I think podcasting can only help to build that sense of community. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Mati, I, can I, I plug two more too? Yeah. Oh, absolutely, you can. <laughs> yes, please. Okay, uh, there is uh, the Sex Kiki, which I think is brilliant. Oh, right, yes, uh, is a, a black queer, <laughs> a black queer woman who talks about Sex Kiki, but also the spiritual aspects of Sex yeah. Kiki, which I think mm -hmm. is brilliant. And then uh, there's a podcast called Girl Down Podcast, hosted by Aeon, who's a black trans woman who talks mm -hmm. um, about her own experience, but like culture, which I think is brilliant. And then the Cube is also producing an audio drama. And Yay. I think that audio drama is going to be lit, and I'm excited about that ex experience. Good luck with that. Imani. Thank you. Um, I'm glad I You know I love audio drama. I know, and I can't wait to listen to yours. Um, oh, thank you. Um, yeah, so big ups to Experience Jay and Imani, the writers of that one, who I think it's going to be a brilliant story around race and sexuality and how those things meet around coming out. That's awesome. And yeah, before we end, I just want to like recommend just one because I was like, oh, who am I thinking about? And uh, one I'm very excited about is um, it's an audio drama. Um, it's season two is like funding right now. It's called Life with Leo. And it's going to sound funny because it's 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 a romance between a lawyer and a, um, a sentient robot. And <laughs> the reason I bring it up is because the like, creator is uh, the writer is Octavia Bray. It has like basically it centers like um, a black uh, woman creator and like it has like a very even though the main romance is I, I would say heterosexual like the entire like mood and the, all, the characters of the podcast are very queer there's something very um and there's something like very queer themed even if it's not like out there are certain like media that are queer themed but not outright queer and I think this one is like very joyful very it's very much in my wheelhouse of genre fiction that may not be about like the representation but like is just like 
like flowing representation and it's just really cute it's just really funny very lighthearted. it's my jam and i'm like oh my gosh season two uh so <laughs> i want to talk about that but yeah no it's wonderful to talk with everybody this has been an amazing vibrant uh conversation i hope you all feel the same way and uh yeah thank you so much for like sharing and for discussing everything with me and with everybody uh, happy pride <laughs> happy pride you've all, been, you've all been fabulous yes <laughs> yes happy pride everyone this has been such a treat this has really been such a treat thank you so much matzi doppel of the high night podcast for hosting dr s from behind closed doors anna deshawn of the cube and Queer Radio, and Nicholas McInerney of Rainbow Dads, amongst many other things. I'm going to read our brief outro, and then we will say goodbye today. Thank you, everyone, for joining us for this live stream, Stories of Pride, with Nicholas McInerney of Rainbow Dads, Anna Deshawn of The Cube, and Dr. S. of the upcoming Behind Closed Doors. For those of you who may be joining us for the first time, Storytelling Podcast Week has live stream sessions just like this one with top podcasters and storytellers from scripted fiction and nonfiction podcasts from across our world and our imaginations. We also have exclusive recorded episodes on the Storytelling Podcast Week podcast. If you joined late or want to have another listen to these amazing podcasters and storytellers, you can replay this live stream on Podbean's YouTube channel and the Storytelling Podcast Week podcast. Storytelling Podcast Week is brought to you by Podbean, where a podcast hosting and monetizing platform and home to over 600,000 podcasts. To start your podcast, head over to podbean.com today. Thank you so much for joining us and stay tuned for next month's live panel from Storytelling Podcast Week on July 26th at 3 p.m. Eastern for Campfire Stories with John Valentine of Campfire Radio Theater and Jim Harold of Jim Harold's Campfire. Thanks so much, everybody. Thanks for joining us for this replay of our live event episode. If you have any questions about podcasting and want to get in touch with the Podbean team, reach out to us at podcastingsmarter at podbean.com. Happy podcasting.